0: Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening.
1: Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world.
0: This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you.
1: Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy.
0: Okay, so I am listening to the uh, the doc cat here. I'm listening to the documentary uh, for Unified Healing and the Energy Enhancement System, and they're talking to the guru at the ashram. And the guru, I suddenly can't remember his name because you know we're we're on now, we're live, and I can't remember his name. Of course, um, I will remember it. And He is, he's so grounded and present. He's really delightful. Mm -hmm. Like super, he's wearing all gold, just this beautiful deep gold and he's really vibrant and just, and he's so conscious. And Jason Shurka asks him, if you have, if there's anything, any general message that you have to share with humanity, anything at all that you would say to help people Oh, what would it be? What would you want to share? And he said, God's gift to you is your or life. What, what I heard was life is God's gift to you. Mm-hmm. And how you live your life is your gift to God. And he said it differently. But that's what I heard. Then I played it again. And, and then I heard him say what he actually said. But what I heard was that. Yeah. And I just said, wow. Oh, that's such a beautiful way to put it. Because it's like source, universe, prime creator, source creator. creator. There's a ton of human words for it, but the isness is what we say in yoga. The isness, the isness desires to experience itself in order to see difference and to expand, expansion. And so it fractals. Where are the fractals of business? And that's the gift. There's choice. You have free will. Do do a myriad of what you desire to do just just for the sake of it. Yeah.
1: So so my interpretation of that yeah is literally how you choose to live your life. I don't think there's any specific how. I think it is the act of choosing that is your gift in return. Yeah. Because the the opposite of that statement, how you choose to live your life, is, I mean, he's not inferring any specific way, as, as some people might infer. He's not inferring any, any one path. He's inferring that by choosing not to live your life, you are dishonoring the gift that has been given to you, which would then imply that it is simply living that is both the gift and the return. In all of itself it is a giving gift back to itself by living you are giving and receiving that's what i take away
0: what yes absolutely what he shares in the documentary the revolution what he shares is you can't you have choice you have free will you can choose anything just for the experience of it. And he's got this delightful light in his face and this smile. You can do anything. And, and you continue to come back again and again and again, so that each time you practice being as conscious as possible to make a different choice, just to see what the different outcome is. Mm-hmm. Because we desire to do this. Once you, and he says the ascension levels, the coming into the higher consciousness states of being is to realize that the more that you choose what is going to fulfill you in your heart and in your soul, what's going to be more loving and more loving and more self-fulfilling when you make choices from that place of going within more and more. The more you realize that God is within that you are an expression of God, the more that you realize that everything is within, the more that you realize the self, then you practice taking action from that self-love. And that's where the ascension and consciousness, you're literally raising your frequency and you experience higher states of consciousness. Now, There's absolutely no right or wrong in experiencing lower states of consciousness. If you desire to experience non-self-love, that's there for you to experience it. And Source desires this as well. But what we were, what he was talking about, which I was like, oh yeah, he puts this so beautifully. In the ascension, which is becoming more present in the now you love yourself more and you choose self-honor, self-respect, self-actualization, more focus, more presence, more I am. Hmm. And we choose to come in, and he didn't say this part, but this is some of the realization that I came to from this as I was reflecting upon this last night, is while well, we choose to, I guess I could say we choose to fragment our perception when we come into lives in order to experience the forgetting of the I am. And then we really love to go through the process of the journey of realizing again, the I am, but each time you realize the I am in any life, or you can realize it multiple times in the same life, you're going to have a different realization every time. So that's why we keep, that's why we keep, we talk about this as each life is an echo. Mm -hmm. It's a ripple effect of the cause. There's a, there's a cause and there's an effect. And all of our lives from the first life on this planet is an effect of the cause that we created in the first life. So each effect is the game of self-realization and then making a different I am choice. And what outcome will that
1: bring? Yeah, well, it's like when we talk about or um at the very least, this is this is what I've found, is that there are I don't really believe that there's any one way that you can show people how to how to get in touch with themselves spiritually. Um because I think that I think that everyone's Path is by definition unique. And I think that everyone identifies with and corresponds with the self in a unique way. And this makes sense, especially if we consider that everyone and everything is a unique self. So from the core oneness that is, there comes all of these different, you know, divisions, segments, offshoots that make up all of the things that we're surrounded by. And for those of us who are choosing to experience this through a uh, human perspective, which is a little bit more of a complex one in in our specific way at least, um, we have the ability to identify with this oneness while simultaneously being alive in, in the present body. And this is This is possibly, although I have not lived the life uh, currently of an elephant or of a dolphin uh, or of a chimpanzee, I I believe that that is something that is unique to human experience, to be able to constantly be aware of both while simultaneously having this self-actualization through the ego's perspective. And... Understanding this, it then makes perfect sense to me that because everyone is their own unique self, and they are all offshoots from this one thing, there would be no one way to get in touch with God, no one way to get in touch with the unique self, because in order to go back, everyone would have to follow the thread that came from whatever makes them, whatever makes their specific offshoot. This is why we have so many different faiths, so many different religions, and you have so many different people within those faiths who have found different things. You know, if you talk to like one Christian to another, like, hey, have you ever had an experience with God? You're going to get a small percentage of them that said, yes, I have actually talked with God. And if you ask them, okay, now what was it that got you to talk to God? If you really got down to it, you would probably find that like each of these christians had like a completely different picture of what god is in their mind even if it has a lot of similarities there's going to be something unique that makes each of them different this is because getting in touch with the spiritual self is a unique experience for each individual so it can't be taught and it can't be it can't be copied um this is something that people have to come to on their own terms and you find that the really good spiritual teachers um, who are in touch in the present moment. Um, they, they teach not by copying what has got them to their place, but rather by asking the individual unique questions to guide themselves into their own correspondence with God, with universe, with self. And so it's through the individual's own doing, their own recognition of the mirror that is in front of them right then and there, that brings them into that space, like a map almost, like like following the little cookie crumbs that are left by these gurus this is something that i think you know for example muji i think does so well i i find that muji has no one definition for anything um muji's talks are entirely relevant to whoever is right in front of him um this is the mark to me of a truly great spiritual teacher I found the same thing in the Tao, although it's harder when you're reading something because that element of human connection can sometimes lead you a little bit closer. But those words, um, at the very least in the translation that I read, are so vague that if you really are searching, then you will lead yourself there just from the conclusions and the biases that you make reading those words, you know and it's, it's hard not to get there because they're not inherently telling you to do anything, which is where some spiritual texts will fail. They'll say, you know, in, in basically in, in, in words that would make sense today, like they'll lead people to make conclusions, oh, this is bad and this is good, whereas something like the Tao does not uh, do that at all. It's very, very nonspecific, and there's no action that it forces you to take. It's simply a little guidebook that you can read. And if you're on that path, if you're trying to find that connection back to source through your own thread, your own being, you will lead yourself there just by seeing those words.
0: Several things I want to touch on another, another book. uh, And I would say another philosophic principled guideline of wisdom is the Toltec wisdom that Miguel Ruiz and his sons that they have channeled the four agreements, the fifth agreement, and actually my favorite book that Don Miguel Ruiz has written is the mastery of love because in all of his books, and I've read four of them, all he does is channel this repetition of self, self self-love, self-love, self-love. And you'll see that on in every chapter of all of his books, you're going to see this looping repeat of observe, 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 breathe, be present, joy is within you, go within, light is within you, love is within you, this is all that there is. Observe the mind, observe the mind. And that I really resonated with. And I I read the Tao a little bit before that. In my 20s, I didn't read the whole Tao. I actually read the whole Tao after I read The Four Agreements um, after you were born, because your father had the book, which you now have. And I just said, okay, he has it. And I was pregnant with you. And I had time. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't want to read it because the ego is resistant to that. And it was at that time too, being 28 years old. And I said, I'm going to force myself to read this. I was so glad I did. And I think it took me like a couple of weeks to get through it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And when I was done with it, finally, I felt really accomplished. But then I knew why. I was like, now I know why I had to read this. And I'm so grateful that I did. I've read excerpts of the Egyptian Book of the Dead as well, which also says all the same thing. It's it's all within you. It's all within you. And like death is just a natural state of of cyclic experience. and. Those books are incredibly helpful as like guide, guidelines, guideposts of you got to bring your awareness back in. It's all within you. The second thing that I want to touch on is what, what Muji and Advaita Vedanta Yoga talks about is staying in zero point heart center neutrality. Being the observer is to be in a neutral space and that's technically fourth dimensional perception. Stay in the neutrality, observe the ego so that you can can realize who you are, why you have come here. You can get rid of all the labels of the mind and you can then choose what experience you want to have. Do you, If you want to, if you want to choose the labels of the mind, do just be aware of that you're doing that, which is what I've chosen. I like some of the labels of the mind. Labels of the mind are like astrology. Like Muji is just like oh, astrology. I, astrology is fun for me. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun tool. I like all those little things. I like the archetypes. They're fun for me, but I know what they are and I know why I'm using them. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to share is that for myself, In this current lifetime, I have experienced going through states of different perceptions of consciousness. I have gone through, like, I was born into a Christian family, being the daughter of a minister, and all of that Christian indoctrinization. That came on me, and and I was using that languaging of the Bible and God and Jesus as Lord and Christ and all of that. I was using all that languaging, but I was putting my own perception through it. And then the transformation when I'm a teenager, when I felt like you know I really had to find my own path, and I was questioning so much. I mean, I started questioning as a little kid, but I was really questioning. Through this language, is this really what I believe? You know, there was the question of, okay, that's my father's, that's dad's belief. Whereas my mom had a different belief using the same languaging. And then is this really the language? Then then there's the for me, it's the it's the peeling away of the words, the language, the indoctrinization, the books, all of that. Is this really the language that I need to use? Does this language fit me? Well, how do I feel? Well, in reflection, in meditation, which I started when I was 20, it's I feel that I am. So what's the language that, that fits that? It could be anything. And I had a th- total thing against Christian language at that time considering you know it felt very forced upon me so i was very anti-christian i went through an agnostic period i was never atheist i always believed in a higher all-loving power you know people would it i felt like when i lived in new york city that i got the echo reflection back in my own hologram of my own questioning of my beliefs people would just come up and ask me do you believe in a god It would just come out randomly because I was questioning within Mm -hmm. and I would say, of course, I believe in God. And then there would be the sitting with that statement. But what is God? Mm -hmm. And then there's the, well, interesting, the Virgo, the mercurial mind will then go, dog is God spelled backwards. So what does that mean? Is dog closer to God? Oh, evil is live spelled backwards. What does that mean? Does that mean that that's an energy that's going against the flow of life? Devil is lived spelled backwards. Then why do people think that devil is a person or an entity? Dogma is am
1: God. Dogma is
0: am God. And this is what my teacher Patricia Mandina was presenting to me at the time when I was studying with her in my early 20s. She would just, she's so funny because she was just like, dogma and then she had me write it out and then she said "Now spell it backwards and I'm like oh damn god what does that mean and she said we're in duality so she said when you are not loving yourself you are literally going in the negative polarity of going against the flow of life, and you're going to experience dissidence. She's the first person to teach me all this. You're going to experience dissidence. The chromatic scale on the piano. Dum dum da, dum dum da, dum da, dum da, dum, da, dum. How does that make you feel? Like I don't feel very good. Then choose the opposite. Oh, choose Am God instead of dogma. That's right. Am God is loving yourself and sharing that love mm-hmm. with the world and dogma is focusing on your ego your wants and desires and the superficiality of fulfilling fulfilling that and that and she would she would always do this she'd say and that's fine she didn't have any judgment and that's fine no judgment of that if you want to experience dogma you came here to experience that but it's only going to take you so far into yourself it's going to keep you Mm -hmm. You know, in fashion mode, Mm -hmm. it's going to keep you on the runway (laughs) in in the stiletto shoes, falling down, stumbling. Why am I stumbling? I'm trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she said to me, God isn't perfect because in perfection, you can't learn. Because I had a perfection complex back then, I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to do be the best and do the right thing and be the good daughter and be the pleaser. I was very much a pleaser then yeah and and it was through like, okay, seeing the shift, and for me, I literally had to look at like the palindrome of dogma am God, devil lived. Live evil, all of that. I really needed to look at that to realize everything's a mirror reflection. And so I can choose. And at, at first, I didn't think I had the choice of choosing more loving feelings and choosing more positive emotions. I really felt like I was a slave to anger. Uh, Anger won't go away. Sadness won't go away. And I'm sad all the time. And now I feel depressed. And now I'm suicidal. And I didn't think I had a choice. I feel very locked into that. And then it's like experiencing the extreme duality, which is, you know, for in my, in my world is such a Gemini path of, it is, you know, the angel and the devil (laughs) on the shoulders. And, Really going, okay, there's a flip side. I meet a guy that lights up my, you know, my first three chakras. And I'm like, oh my God, life is amazing. I just met him. I think I just met my guy. (laughs) You know, that, that whole thing of when, and it's usually when we're chronologically younger, I've
1: met the one. Mm.
0: (laughs) I still have some people that, that share that with me. I think I've met the one or I'm still, I'm looking for the one. Here's what I share with everybody. I'm going to look at the camera when I say this. You are the one that you are looking for. Yeah. (laughs) My twin flame. I know I have a twin flame out there. Remember when I went through those, when that phase, when you're little, I do remember that (laughs) you are the twin flame that you are looking for. You are a whole soul in your body. Took me a long time to figure that out. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking for my soulmate. You're the soulmate that you're looking for. And anybody that you are seeing a soulmate in, are going to, is it going to reflect back to you? If you're looking for a soulmate, that's going to be reflected back to you. Yeah. If you're looking for a twin flame, that's going to be reflected back to you. If you're looking for
1: the one,
0: you're still the one. <laughs> I was going to song with all of those. Still the one. <laughs> you are. You're the one. You're the one you're looking for. And then that song goes, we're still having fun and we're still the one. Yeah. yeah. It's you're the one that you're looking for. When I realized that I'm the one that I'm looking for. And it literally took the last relationship that I've had years ago. Cause I thought I was the twin play. When, when I realized that I'm the one that I'm looking for, I was like, Well, why do I need him? (laughs) I don't. And then what that does is that that ups your level in your game of what kind of relationship do you really want? Well, I am desiring a relationship with a man who realizes that he is the one he's looking for Mm -hmm. because I know I'm the one I'm looking for and I've already found me. And then imagine how much fun we can have knowing that we're the one that we are looking for. We're super self fulfilled. And then we get to share those revelations and realizations with each other i mean i only know a couple couple couples a couple couples that experience that i literally know two couples that have that in my life yeah and you know are they always happy together no but they're they are autonomous within themselves and they share that with each other and it's awesome that's that's the only relationship that I'll have. But I have that relationship, like I have that relationship with you three kids.
1: I was literally, I was just thinking, I was like, as I was listening to you talk, I was like, I was kind of reflecting, uh, and I was like, I mean, this is... To be able to have these kinds of like not even not even just this like podcast, but to be able to have these kinds of conversations with you, as my mom, I, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> I know it's it's, it's really it's a gift.
1: I mean, this, like just think about how how amazing how amazing it is to have like, I mean, these are these are very. These are very real these are very real conversations. This is a very a very powerful sort of connection, and I don't really know I don't know a lot of people, I don't really know anybody who who speaks with their parents like this. Um, I don't know a lot of people who speak with their siblings like this. I don't really know a lot of people who. Like I know some people who speak with other people like this, you know. Um, I know that there's people out there that have this type of connection, but I don't know, it's just uh, this is a very this is a very rare thing, and I was thinking about that, and I was like, and I just just heard I was like, this is a moment to to cherish and to really be thankful for, because this is one of the greatest gifts that this life has to offer. You know
0: completely that's why you know when I said to you, we need to do people are telling you 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 need to have your own podcast. People are telling me that I need to have my own t v show and my mm-hmm. own podcast since I, literally since I was in high school, yeah, and in the mid eighties, and I'm like, oh, we need to have a podcast together, not only just for us. I mean this is the first and foremost, this is for us to have when we're older. I will die. My body will die and you'll have this. And if, yeah. if you ever do partner up and, and have children or adopt children, whatever it is that you want to do in your life, you will have this to show. This is, these are these pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Who in my life started this conscious parenting journey with me? Who? Who started this with me?
1: I'm going to say Nana. Yeah.
0: I didn't have conversations to the depth that you and I do. Mm -hmm. But my mom is the person in my life who I had conversations that were of a higher and deeper conscious level. I could tell my mom anything. And I did. Yeah. Now I can't tell her anymore because her mind is going, but, and she's not present for this anymore. But I'm so grateful that I did. And what I did when I was even a teenager, and I told her this, I said, when I have my own kids, I am going to not only be this way with my children, but I'm going to take it further. And she said, do, Mm -hmm. do. I said, I am going to raise them to be self-realized, conscious, healthy beings who are autonomous, who are self-sustaining. I never want my kids to be codependent upon me, not ever. And I will start it from the moment that they take their first breath. And literally starting at age 20, I was at theater dance on 53rd and Broadway in New York city in Manhattan. I was at the school that I was on scholarship with. It is no longer, there's no longer a theater dance, but I was sitting there dolphins, the whole world of dolphins was coming into my world. And I had attracted a woman who was taking dance classes there, who was also obsessed with dolphins and had gone to Hawaii and swam with the dolphins. She had a little dolphin necklace. And I went to the, I went to a spiritual shop in Brooklyn. I think I was living in Brooklyn at the time with my brother. And I found a necklace with a dolphin, a silver dolphin, and I bought it. I was so connected with the dolphins and I had read that people would give birth in the black sea in Russia where the dolphins are swimming in there and have dolphin births. And that was such a calling. I was like, that's how I have to birth my kids. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into, well, I can't get to Russia for that. So we're just going to have to do water because my whole focus starting at age 20 was conscious birthing. Natural children, natural childbirth, conscious parenting. I have to keep my kids as natural as possible so that they realize who they are because we have to create a new earth generation. New earth was already coined at that time. The new age is coming in and I'm having children who are here to bring in a new age movement of self-love and I have to do this. This is like, I mean, it became an obsession for me and getting out books out of East West Book Shop, East West Bookstore in in New York City, and just reading everything I possibly can on raising children from birth as conscious, sentient beings. Did I talk to you in a loving tone? Of course, you know, you're, I have all my little pet names for you, kids, Levy and Love Dove and Beebe and Beebs and all of that. But I always talk to you as if you were sentient beings from the moment you took your first breath. With all three of you, from the moment you were born and you were put in my on, on the breast, and I literally, before you even took a breath, basically, you were on the breast, and I looked down at you and your little scrunched up swollen faces from the vaginal birth, and I'm like, hi, I'm your mom, and I said, welcome back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And none of you looked happy about that. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm peeling off your little dead skin. Babies come with all this peeling skin, which was just bliss for me And my, in my, mo- I'm such a monkey born the year of the monkey. And, and I literally just started talking. I just started explaining to you. And I said, well, we're going to look up the chart. we're going to see what you chose for this life. I'm your mommy. This is your daddy. We love you very much. We want you. We had you. And pretty soon, your nana and pop are going to come and meet you. And they were usually on the plane on their way. And you have an uncle and two aunts. And, you know, we're not very close with the grandparents other than my parents. And I just gave you the lowdown. I literally just kind of gave you the, the guidebook. And every time I changed your diaper, I explained your anatomy to you, told you how normal everything is. And and I said, and this is yours. This is your penis. These are your nipples. This is your ears. Da, da, da. This is yours and nobody can touch it without your permission. And I was always just giving you the guidebook to autonomy and how do you, and, and you would I mean, you were starting to speak at three months of age, hi mama, hi mama, sentences at 12 months. And then I would start to ask, by 12 months, I was saying, how do you feel about that? And you were so cute because you were just like, well, (laughs) what I really want is, and then you'd give me these enlightened things and I'd write it down in your journal. And where were you before you were here? Where were you before you were Colby? Who, where were you? Oh, I was in your belly. You were in my uterus and I used correct anatomy. I didn't say my tummy or anything like that. When you were in my uterus, my uterus is, is the bag that you were, that you, you, um, were, your body was created in. It was all red. It felt really warm and good in there. All three of you said the same thing. Where were you before you were Colby? Then you started talking to me about the in-between world. Talk to me about the angels and you started remembering all these lives. I just raised you as conscious as possible in our family. That was normal. That's why like when you sit in our, our Patreon group session today, when it was show and tell, when I was in elementary school and I was relaying a story that, you know, my mom had said about um, ETs in Mexico, there are these, and they have, they have video footage of this. I've actually seen it. Uh, on YouTube before it was censored, of these ant-like looking beings crawling out of the volcano that's right outside of Mexico City. They look red. Everybody, I saw videos of them, and I'm like, "Is this real or did they CG this?" Nope, it's real. I have talked with people from Mexico who I shared this with over a decade ago, and I'm like, "Have you heard of this?" Oh yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I'm like, you seen this?" Yeah, it's normal. This is what when you live in Mexico near this volcano, you know that the and they, they have a Mexican name for it, Spanish name for it, but they're like the ant beings come out. Where are they coming from? I don't know, I'm guessing inner earth, they're coming from underneath the earth. And then what do they do? They're watching us. They're coming out looking at the, the landscape and watching us, and then we watch them go back in and down. How long has this been going on? Forever. <laughs> so, you know, when I told you that. In our family, that's normal. We just talk about spirits in between realms. We talk about paranormal experiences. what people think is paranormal, in our world, it's normal. Metaphysical experiences, heart consciousness experiences. I mean, your paternal grandmother, you never met her in the body. She left when your father was 17 of breast cancer. She walked around all the time. We heard her. We, We felt her. She came to you in dreams. She came to me in dreams. Sometimes it was annoying when she'd come and touch me in dreams. I'm like, oh my God, Beverly, I'm trying to sleep. Then And then I literally hear her go, oh, sorry. (laughs) In our family, that's normal. Out-of-body experiences are normal. Telepathy is normal. ESP, extrasensory perception, is normal. Being psychic is normal. But you
1: know what? Because all of those things, those things are all external. What I really think is the most special thing, this is the thing that really makes it different, is how we can have a conversation to where we are literally I almost don't know how to put it but it is it is embodying the I am through our conversation absolutely through expressing our presence i have reached a level of presence through our conversation mm-hmm. that I, I felt very rarely before in my life, only in certain moments does this presence happen. And every time it happens, it is, it is really an incredible gift. But to have this as a consistent thing through our conversation, through the bodies and the lives that we are living, I mean, that transcends any external thing. That's, that's, it's literally it's the universe coming together to express itself in, that, in those moments. That's very very special, um, and I recognize this because I I haven't I, I don't know I I feel like I feel like I haven't always been the most grateful for that, but but I I want to express how grateful I am for that so that if I ever forget someday I'll have it recorded that way I can see
0: absolutely sweetie yeah. I've shared this with you since you were born. A lot. The purpose for you choosing me, aligning in frequency with me as your mom and not as your first potential, which was to be Nana's last child, the miscarriage she had in 1970 when I was two. You could have been my little brother, and she knew that it was a boy. And you told her when you were two that you were her miscarriage. And I shared with you then at that time, I said, the reason that you chose me as your mom and not your big sister is because as mother and son, we create new universes in a bigger way than we would have this time around if we were siblings. And we've been siblings before. We've done I mean we've done so many lives together in so many realms and so many star systems. We are probably some of the closest soulmates that we know. I mean as soon as you were born I knew you immediately. And I I got flashes of all the different lives and relationships that we have. And I knew from the moment that you were born and I knew as you were growing up, we're going to be more powerful as mother and son Then, and this seems to be, this seems to be a combination that really, really works. We also chose and aligned in astrological charts that completely support each other. When we do have the rare moments of discord, it seems to, to push us in a, in a, in a state of deeper self-realization. It doesn't happen very often. And it seems to push us into self-love more. And all of, like this podcast is catapulting us into deeper inner states of knowledge because we get to share all of these self-realizations with each other and just mirror it back to each other. But that's why I was shown several years ago, actually, that we really should do this podcast together because this is going to bring us into deeper states of awareness. And then we bring that to whomever is attracted to this podcast and we stay open in our being for all of the abundance that comes through this and all of the higher and deeper awareness. I mean, this, this podcast and our Patreon group is creating, it's, it's the beginning of conscious community Hmm. and who knows where that will go. Who knows where we're going to take that to. We have these amazing intentions of what we want to physically build I know that it's already being created for us, this physical community, this permaculture community, this animal rescue sanctuary, this group of people, of community coming together in support and in working with earth, but also the balance of working with the technology in ways that are supporting us. It's coming. Mm -hmm. I can feel that. And I feel that this, this podcast and our union is a catalyst for that.
1: Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Feel free to check us out on Instagram at one long conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, You can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at one long conversation. And you'll find us there. Um, We also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube yet again at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.